in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including for the first time since I was 10 years old, that would be 1991, the Washington Huskies are 10-0. Uh, after a 35-28 victory against Utah in Husky Stadium on Saturday, I am your host, Hooligan7. I am joined tonight by Big Hood, Penix Pound the Beavers, otherwise known as J-Cap, DJK Woody, and I signed in. Uh, J-Cap and I were on a similar wavelength. Uh, I signed in this evening as Raw Dog the Beavers. <laughs> uh, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? <laughs> doing great. Doing great. great. Got that 10-0 and 0 feeling, though. Feeling oh, no. good. It was that, great. Been that long, huh? Thirty-two years. Yeah. Was <laughs> negative three years old. Oh, you, was, you was Michael Phelps, bro. You was Katie Ledecky. <laughs> I was a baby <laughs> swimming. <laughs> Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> we made it. All right. Well, without uh, without further pause, uh, no pun intended, or maybe slightly <laughs> pun intended. Uh, beverage is a choice for the evening. I got nothing, so you gentlemen take it away in any order you guys see fit. I'm on the Water. H2H2O slash Big Ballard yeah. hazy. Oh, nice. Oh, all right. Ooh, wee. Yeah. Uh, same thing, man. I got a I got a water over here. It's actually empty right now. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go <laughs> refill. Do that in the middle of a of a segment. Get a refill. Refill that bad boy up. Yeah, I had some kombucha with dinner, but that's about it. So, all right, Uh, stupid tweets. I've got nothing. I I wasn't. uh, It wasn't necessarily (laughs) planned for me to be in attendance this week. So I got nothing. But anybody got something that that uh, needs cooking? (laughs) Um, I have one. And, uh, you know, he, I think I mentioned him last week, maybe the week before, but um, uh, was it Hithliday Almond is on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. You know, what, th- how long ago was the Arizona State game? Almost four four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like a topic of discussion, um, you know. And so he posted the all 10 run plays that UW called versus Arizona State. And while, you know, it doesn't look like the offensive line does a great job, at the end of the day, like, what point are you proven? Um, you know what I mean? Like, everybody knows in, in regards to, you know, local media and a lot of us, you know, what was going on in that game. And, um, you know, damn well, you know, we see excuses for, you know, Georgia. Oh, they uh, were playing without Bowers, uh, so we give them a pass. Or Ohio State is playing Rutgers, which has a top 20 scoring defense, so we'll give them a pass. All these people are getting passes for uh, specific types of performances, but DeBoer's worst offensive output in his career, damn near, um, is not seen as an outlier. So pretty odd, but um, he seems to be beating this horse about our offensive line, which is a Joe Moore finalist right along with his. So pretty odd. Who's who's this, and what's the context? um, So his name's Why is is he posting this? Because he's a dumbass duck fan. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a Duck fan? Okay. So he's yeah, I mean, just like... he's he's actually one of the more analytical Duck fans, so I will give him yeah. credit for that. But I do I, I mean we talked about it last week. Obviously the, the flu ran through the, the the team for two weeks. And seems to me there's a, a notable presence 
you know, he's kind of hard to miss considering how large a human being he is. And he mm-hmm. is now. Mm-hmm. And what ha- what's happened both games since he's been back? Um, hmm. uh, I think West Coast football, and I'll let you guys, sorry, get to your stupid tweets, but West Coast football um, just posted um, the top rushing leaders um, in the Pac-12 so far, and DJ's the third. So um, that shout-out to the yeah, bad rushing like, off. You know, 12 yards or something like that behind Bucky Irving in Pac-12 play. That's wild. <laughs> I mean, granted, some of that was, you know, DJ was cooking with jet fuel against a really bad defense. Yeah, I mean, he I has... mean, they played him too, though. Oregon's that, already he's true. It's a good point. They did play him too. And he, exactly. got, and he got a he got a buck against Oregon. He got nearly a buck against Arizona. Come on now. You got what do you got? You one of four against Utah. Yeah. 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 They, they will say anything to fit their their bullshit narrative. This is not a surprise. All right. I was I was going through mine and man, I got a, I still got a ton of bookmarks even from the last couple of days from. Oregon fans. I was trying to do one that's not an Oregon fan, but Man, I'm going DJ back to is on those bookmarks for real. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, after each game, I, I kind of go through some of them and uh, get back at those guys. But all right, back to our, uh, you know, one of our guys that's mentioned on here a lot, Ryan Schill. Uh, three days ago, oh boy. he tweeted, "Has it sits? UW will have one of the worst rosters in power co- uh, college football next season." There would be QBS, all the wide receivers gone, O-line decimated, and the two or three decent pieces on defense will be gone as well. DeBoer is not recruiting with any urgency either. Enjoy the 10-0. Could be 0-10 next year. I mean, maybe he has a point in one. One true statement in that. Yeah, but (laughs) everything else, like, he's not even factoring in transfer portal, new guys, or even, like, he's also just lying. Like, not all of our wide receivers are going to be gone, or O-line is not going to be decimated. Like, this is just making up crap like he always does, and it's it's just what he does. The only true part of that tweet is not recruiting with urgency. Yes, I agree. But, That's the one, yeah. I mean, the, the roster is is stacked with talent at all the positions that he's talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're losing two wide receivers. It would be three if Jalen was healthy this whole season, but I have a feeling he comes and back, still obviously. Maybe three, but... it's, you're right, but... As far as contributors, but, like major contributors on this team, but they're stacked but, with talent behind it. Yeah, you have it's stacked with talent behind Denzel. it, and the transfer portal exists. And right, point to me a, a hypothetical. I'm going to throw a, a quick hypothetical out there. You look at, I mean, obviously Oregon is going to be an attractive destination in the transfer portal because of Nike money and all of that. But without Bo Nix. Who you know, and and with what they've shown on offense this year, where they only throw the ball downfield a little bit to one player, occasionally now to Tez Johnson. Which offense is going to be more attractive to a receiver that wants to say have high average per catch numbers? Washington, Oregon. Exactly. And if Jeremy there's Bernard a bunch exists. of receivers, if there's a a bunch of receivers available for everybody. What makes you think that there may not even be a, a decent amount to go around? And you know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. nobody was really pressing for Tez Johnson, <laughs> right. and he turns out to be you know productive. So receivers can you know are system players for sure. They can be put in mm-hmm. systems. So 
which offense, particularly if we sign a, a, a pretty significant, you know, portal quarterback, who might be Easily. pretty, I mean, look at, I mean, like, I mean, seriously, SC's going to be in the market for a portal quarterback. Which offense right now looks better, SC's or Washington's? When we're mm-hmm. firing on cylinders and we're not I mean, puking into trash cans. USC's, no USC's offense is predicated off of Caleb being Caleb. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you remove Caleb, what is that offense going to do for you? We don't know yet. We'll see. But... You really got to. It still will be good, but like he makes it way better than it is. Like he's he's right. the one that makes him a top three or four offense. Yeah, and he, Lincoln um, Riley you know, is known for his offense, and yeah, like, that's exactly. not going to take a yeah. huge step back. But like he he's he has a specific type of quarterback that's successful in his system. Guys that can play that backyard, and it doesn't see. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but it looks like anybody that hits the portal this year, they're going to be more pro-style kind of guys than they are going to be like those ridiculous athletes. So Then the Kyler Murrays, the Baker Mayfields, the uh-huh. Caleb Williams that are going to run around, run around, run around, and create something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Any, uh, any more stupid tweets? In it? Or DJ, you got more? Or J-Cap, you got one? So <laughs> I don't have any specific stupid tweets. I do want to kind of call out some of our own, though. There's oh, been yeah. a lot of narrative pushing about Bonix being old. I've seen a lot of <laughs> tweets that are like Bonix is 40 years old. Bonix has been in college football for forever. People forget that Mike Penix was the high school class of 2018 and Bonix was a high school class of 2019. There's a lot of shit to talk. That's not the avenue to take it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both the one thing I, is like older by a couple months, but they're yeah, still. Yeah, I know. Like, they're both but, old. They're both older guys. Right. The only thing that's forty years old about Bo Nix is the the frosted tips hairstyle. <laughs> and that's and probably I, their their biggest advantage on the field is their experience. So people right. calling either one of them old is like literally a compliment. I mean, you don't want super old draft picks coming into the NFL. People will, will talk about that, but we're talking about But this neither of them is Chris Winkie. It doesn't true. <laughs> or Brandon Whedon. Yeah. All right. DJ, you All got right. any more? Or, or should we move on? Oh, I got plenty, but we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move right along into the recap of Utah. Um I think the one thing I'll say to, to start us off is I, I think it was uh, if Charles Dickens watched Charles Dickens watched a college football game, uh, it might have been this one. It was a tale of two halves. Clever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and there was a some of the aspects of the the first half was definitely tale. <laughs> but uh, what did you guys think? Man, I rewatched it last night and. I found myself getting more angry this time than watching it live and seeing some more of the replays of uh, some of those holds that did not get called or PIs that did not get called against Rome uh, when the defenders literally have fistfuls of jersey. It just was so aggravating. But for him to not get like super frustrated, you see a lot of wide receivers, if that kind of stuff is happening, they're not getting the calls. They've keep uh, having those kinds of situations happen, but for him to 
kind of keep cool and, and make the plays that he did. I mean, he had three catches for what one eleven and two touchdowns was pretty amazing. So um, shout out to Rome for, for keeping composure and, and making those plays when he needed to. Yeah. And shout out, shout out to all the, the, the Utah fans with stupid tweets claiming that the refs. Oh yeah. This game. And the, and the, and the one that shaved ice thrown at his hand too. <laughs> <laughs> It's sticky. Um, I mean, it could do some damage. It it could, you know, especially when it's you know forty two degrees downtown Seattle. Like what? Nobody's down there. <laughs> it's cold. Um, takeaways from the game, man. I think offensively, um, you know, I've kind of mentioned it on the TL and stuff. Just the slow starts. Um, you know, we haven't been doing our defense any favors at all. You know, uh, when our defense early in the year was having a lot of success, they were able to play aggressive uh, because they had the opposing offense on their heels early. Um, I think last year, the first seven or eight games, we scored on the first drive. So those types of things help your um, help your defense. And I can't remember last time we scored on our first drive. You know what I mean? So um, I think uh, we held Utah to a three and out. Great def- first play, first uh, series of the game. Great defense, right? offense has an opportunity to go down and score and I think they maybe had one first down or they went three and out as well they went three and out I don't think we gained a yard on the first drive it and and it was and it was to be honest there was a a Mike miss as well to a you know a Mm -hmm. German Bernard who had some space um so yeah man at the end of the day I think the slow starts definitely contribute to um you know the closer games um and you know defense kind of um you know I'm not going to say playing on their heels, but it doesn't allow them to play as aggressive. So, yeah, I think that offensively, um, we got to find some rhythm. You know, divorce uh, popular for saying get into a fast start. So we got to find a rhythm there early. And then defensively, um, you know, I understand that, you know, you got three corners um, that you cycle and rotate for the most part. So you can't sit there and drill tackling and practice as much as you probably want to, um, as much as you probably can drill the offensive line or the defensive line because of the depth. But Lord have mercy, like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta find some uh, something that's gonna allow these uh, corners to tackle because that is literally gonna be what kills us at the highest level, um, getting those guys in space. So defensively, definitely gotta tackle better. Um, but that second half was phew, lights out. Yeah, I was texting Hooligan during the game. Hooligan and, and shout out UWA, our little group thread there but immediately i was like i need to know who is coaching tackling in the db room because this is getting <laughs> ridiculous man um but to your your point uh hood you saying uh, don't remember last time we scored on our first drive we scored on our first drive against usc um okay. so we, we came right out to it but also you got me thinking too like our defense obviously struggled in the first half but that first drive that they have they held them to a three and out open the game, played really well, and we could have had an opportunity to to kind of jump right on them right from the, the get-go. Um, and then after that drive, it felt like they, everything flipped because, I mean, defense played really well in the first series. Uh, and then offense kind of sputtered on our first series. And then after that, the defense started kind of struggling quite a bit. And then the offense played really well the rest of the first half. So, I mean, if we had just done something with our first drive of the game – uh, might have looked a little mm-hmm. bit different if we got in rhythm from the beginning. So um, I do definitely agree that we need to get up, get those uh, fast starts rolling, especially if we're going to be playing this upcoming game, you know, on the road. 
um, against a, a quality opponent, top 12 opponent. Um, so I, I'm 100% agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, go ahead, DJ. Sorry. sorry. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's more so just like playing a complete game too. Uh, we, it seems like we take a quarter off or take a couple quarters off here and there, uh, instead of just playing our game, the whole, whole game, like our, our defenses, I think what was the stat that somebody said, like, uh, against Oregon and USC and I don't know, these good teams or defense does well in the second half, but not the first half and then offense starting to slow or like not playing well in the second half. Uh, yep. yeah. Uh, just playing consistent throughout the whole game. And we need to see that, like, if we're going to play Oregon again. I guarantee you we cannot take a quarter off. Uh, we need to be there the whole play in the whole game. But I mean, I I was I thought our defense did well. I mean, it was very frustrating. The hood knows, like I was saying, I was talking some shit uh, first half about our defense a little bit. But I mean, when I watched the replay, like I know this is like a big thing, but it was basically three plays on on a defense set. Yeah, and they they would get downfield in a long run or pass, or it was all passes, I think. But uh, we missed a tackle. And so, you know, take those away. I know it's a big thing to take away. But our defense was really solid outside of that the whole game. And it just is a big mistake here and there that causes, like, these big plays. And we if we can eliminate those, uh, we'd be much better there. And um, so that was one of my takeaways. And also, like, I wanted to do a shout-out to the crowd second sellout of the year i mean now mm-hmm. now we have three coming up with apple cup so that's huge kim i don't know when the last time we even had a sellout it's probably been <laughs> pre-covid maybe uh i don't i don't know if we sold out oregon in 2021 uh so yeah crowd is big good amount of utah fans uh i don't know oh, yeah. how the how that compared to the oregon fans were there more oregon fans there for the oregon game or oh i think um, there's probably more utes that's what it, it was, seemed like i wasn't at the I oregon like one more utes yeah, it seemed like that from like watching on TV for the Oregon game and being there. But well, there's uh, there's less Florida Utes. Uh, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> one thing, one thing I will say, man, that um, you know, DJ, I know you saw you saw me trying to pump the crowd up in the first half. Man, we got a we. It's a four quarter game, you know. what I mean, and this was another ranked opponent, and we didn't treat it like Oregon. You know, I get the rivalry and the, there's vitriol there and anger and all that kind of rivalry banter and stuff. And um, there's a lot of pregame stuff going on. Now, granted, we had game day there and things like that. But at the same time, man, this is a ranked opponent. It's a sold out crowd. You know, they were uh, our our fans were especially on what's that the the north side in the 300 section. They were quiet. You know, they were like waiting for an exciting play. It's like, no, uh, they literally had time to go and huddle up. Yeah, you know, huddle it was up, pretty quiet. Play, get to the line and execute. You know, we didn't we didn't impact. In, and you want to talk about the defense not performing in the first half? Well, part of that is your job. You know what I mean? So if you're gonna cr- try to come out there and critique the defense, you got to critique yourself because you're not helping them um, with the advantage that the home field is supposed to uh, provide for sure. So yeah, step it, it, it up. It it was not particularly loud where I was for the first half on the south side, uh, where I will not venture. Or I was in the south on the upper deck in the south side where I will not venture again because I'm a little stitious and <laughs> that whole vibe wasn't working. I'm the anti Moby, uh, so <laughs> although it worked for the Oregon game, but I was in the Lower Bowl with some friends uh, for that one. But uh, 
The one thing I will say is I, I, I will give uh, a little bit of credit, you know, Utah executed. And I think that they have found some things on offense that weren't working earlier in the season for them. And yeah. I will say that, that Barnes was a little slipperier than I thought that mm-hmm. he, he was going to be. And we, we were pretty close to a couple of extra tackles for loss or tackles in the backfield that he was able to slip out of. Um, and I just don't, and DJ can run. But the size of the target that DJU presents is mm-hmm. going to be a little bit hard to get significant hands on and uh, and slow him down, or at least slow him down enough until the gang tackling uh, without getting into the Oregon State preview. Um, that said, you know, I will say, you know, I think credit definitely to, obviously it's going to be on the oops tape for quite a while. But Zotop did do a number of things very, very, very right on that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also credit to Carson and Thule and the entire defense for having their brothers back yep. uh, and getting the safety out of it. And here again, it's where the offense could have had an opportunity to put the game away and, and kind of stalled out and kept Utah in it. So while the offense was great, like the thing that I think is – both a concern but also a positive is that it's been since what Michigan State maybe or um I'd say you know Michigan State are pretty early in the season since we've seen a full complete 60 minute performance from all three all three units and if we see that this Saturday or and if we see that December 1st some really special things can happen Oh, one thing on that on that fumble, you know, when he fumbled it going into the end zone, did you guys see Jabbar notice that and immediately ran to yeah, go yeah. get the ball? But the youth hall guy was like twenty well, yards in front of him, but he almost got it. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and, yeah. Jabbar, um, and, and we were able to get the the safety because Jabbar tapped him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, where the Utah player couldn't advance the fumble, I, I will say part of the other proof in that yeah. one is that uh, EJ and. Dom ran by yeah. right by. I don't know how you don't. It was two, three yards. I don't know how you didn't notice that. But Jabbar noticed it from jump, ran right by him, and then ran straight to him like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, seriously, he did. I think Tuli noticed too. I, I think it was him, but he was he was no way he's not going to get that ball from. He was yeah, like twenty he, yards away too. But I think it was him. Some other D lineman noticed. I think I you saw, talk but. about. Uh, we were talking about bigging up your boys, bro. And if you watch that uh, missed tackle by EJ early on where Devon Vele gets to run up the sideline, go watch that play again and watch, you know, Cam Fab, Cam Fab on a high ankle sprain run his ass off uh, to get back into the play. Thanks. First of all, Carson Brunner, holy hell. That is a – he is hella fast. Uh, he fast ran, ran past Cam Fab and caught Devon Vele. Um, also, too, Dom getting beat, um, you know, squatting on a route. You know, typically Devon Vele is not that big post route runner. So I'm pretty sure he thought it was going to be a, a flag, like a corner or a deep out and kind of squatted on the route. Um, and he broke inside for a deep post. And that's usually not what Utah does with Devon. But then him not giving up on the play. You know, you being six yards behind and hawking down Devon Vele. Maybe Devon Vele just slow getting chased down by Brunner and Dom Hampton. But. Um, and then same thing on the Sioni Vaki run. Uh, they're bigging up their brothers, man. They're chasing these plays. They're playing with their hair on fire. So the effort is definitely there for sure. Yep. 
I yeah, want to bring back to that fumble, the Zotoop fumble, one more time. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the football gods for letting that ball die at the one. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've ever seen someone drop a ball and it just stay exactly <laughs> in the spot. But if that rolled into the end zone and they recovered it and they get it out to the twenty, we maybe don't get Ooh, we don't get call. safety for sure. Like yep. it it died completely at the one, and I was so thankful when I was watching that replay that they recovered it there and good not call. roll into yeah. the end zone. I will also say in terms of a program management, player management, player care, respect for, for this to the staff, for giving Zotube the opportunity to, to mm-hmm. duck the media this week, and every bit of that respect and more to Zotube saying, nope, I'm going to own it. I'm going to talk to yep. him. Um, 100%. We got, we got your back. Yeah, for that's sure. pretty cool. And, and I was I was obviously mad about the fumble, but once we got the safety, I was like, this might be a blessing this guy. We're going to come down and score a touchdown and get and nine points out of this. But could have, should have. But happened. And then uh, finally, just I would say just finally on that play, um, you know, if you watch maybe the drive after or the next drive after on defense, he's the first one to the ball on like a screen. Um, and yep. uh, I think it's like a tackle for loss. Um, so very, very important to put him back out there, um, rebuild that confidence, obviously knowing his brothers had his back, but knowing your coaches have your back in that type of situation. We saw how the previous staff treated somebody like Dom Hampton when you make a mental bonehead error like that. So um, Michigan, really, really cool. That we see. Woof. I, I, I would wow. argue that Dom's, Dom's was a bonehead error because I don't think it was, but I agree. I Me, he did the same thing in this game. Literally hit somebody, stood over him, and <laughs> but, hey. yeah, there was some hitting going on in this game. And and speaking of Carson mm-hmm. Bruner, <laughs> that dude is just a flat Man, out. I don't know what it is about that guy on special teams. That yeah. dude is a killer. He's got to get some postseason award for something. Absolutely. All right. Anything further on uh, on Utah? Certainly a nice, solid performance from Mike belongs in the Heisman conversation. This Phoenix is the Heisman favorite stuff is bullshit because I mean, and it's actually not a disrespect to, to Bo. It's what they're allowing him to do and what their offense is predicating. But come on now, like average depth, the average depth of throw, like was it 5.8? There were some stupid, yeah, there were some, were some stupid tweets about like, Oh, well, yeah. How about like somebody was getting into a, like, I think Mike is at like 58%. Um, of his throws are traveling. I, I don't remember the exact stat, but like we're 50, like he's about 58% on things that are 15 yards and longer. Um, and a doc fan tried to chime in. Okay. Now do completion percentage. And it's like, that's the fucking point when you're throwing the ball closer to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it's fucking easier. You dumbass. Jesus. Like, um, I can throw the ball five yards. One more that's on, ridiculous. on Utah. Um, I was interested, intrigued to see how much uh, run Jacob Lane got in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I played well. I think, yeah, he played really well. And there were he a couple plays when he was, he definitely caused some incompletions with, with some pressures, uh, him and Boy mm-hmm. combining for, for some of that stuff. I will say um, there was one, I think it was at the end of the first half, where Raylan got his hands on it, that diving to the sideline mm-hmm. almost picked that off um that would have been a, a humongous momentum changer because they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive but either way jacob lane 
very, very intriguing and impressive with what we saw from the true freshman in a huge uh, matchup. Uh, so I think that will pay big dividends moving forward as far as experience in, in big moments uh, going forward. To, and just to also um, make a point, which is what, uh, like, sure, the gaff by Zotep was, you know, super boneheaded, but all year we've not taken advantage of, you know, you just mentioned Raylan's um, dropped interception. Um, Vince Nunley was in perfect position, didn't play the ball well. Um, got the PBU, obviously, but early in the game didn't play the ball well. He was waiting on the ball and then undershot the ball. So that's, you know, not playing the ball well. Zotup actually made a play on a tipped pass, which we've not converted on a lot of those all season. So the that, fact that he got an interception um, in the way he did, kind of the lucky bounce type thing, um, just goes to show, you know, his, his motor, obviously. And then just uh, uh, taking advantage of those lucky bounces finally. So, yeah. And he made a yeah, nice about juke. It the... set, like he set up the block, like he helped set up uh-huh. the blockers to get it as far down the field as he did. And hey, he was picking them up and putting them down. Bro. He was, was yeah. Like, that boy moving. Yeah, to yeah. Speak on the um, the taking advantage of the lucky bounces. They talked about it on the broadcast that they Washington has recovered one fumble on defense this season, and we've seen the ball mm-hmm. on the ground a decent amount. And to mm-hmm. have only one, recovered one fumble is, is pretty crazy. So, I mean, yep. you're right. We're not taking advantage of those yeah. uh, those lucky bounces or uh, the ball well, being there was available one in the, on the There ground. was one in this game where the ball bounced. It was either this Literally game or right was the last week. Right uh, back to Sierra the guy. Baki. Yeah. It, it bounced. It was EJ right getting held. EJ was getting held on the perimeter, and he just yep. stuck his hand out and knocked that ball out, and it bounced right back up to Sione Baki, which – drove me crazy because uh, I think it was Dom was right there about to grab it, but it just bounced right up back mm-hmm. to Bucky. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move into our look around the conference. We do have some Friday night Pac-12 after dark fun uh, or, well, fun for anyone not named Jim Moore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Fuck that guy. He's going yeah, out sad that's... right now. Fuck that um, uh, we so it is a 7:30 kick on Friday night on Pac. I believe it's on Pac-12 Network. Uh, Colorado is on FS1. the road at Washington. Oh, it's at on FS1. Excuse me. Uh, Washington State is a four-point favorite. The over/under is 62 and a half. Uh, I'll jump in on this one first. Uh, Colorado, I think, found some things on offense against a better defense than Washington State has. Uh, I am going to take Colorado to cover easily uh mm-hmm. and i will probably actually take the over and i think the lion's share of that is going to be colorado i could see this one like colorado like 42 to 17 42 21 uh although it would take 42 to 21 or 42 to 24 to actually get to the 62 and a half over under uh but i think the buff the buffs gets to, to their fifth win i'm in that same boat man i think you know the Fighting transfer portals um, of uh, Pullman, Washington, definitely um, are not bought in, you know, to what's going, what's going on, what's going on over there. Um, head coach looks a little checked out. Players are definitely checked out. You know, responding to text messages right now of different staff members. So, um, yeah, I definitely think Colorado rolls in this one. Um, I think it may be a tad bit closer, but three possessions is something that is super easy to happen in this game. One team still wants to win. 
You know what I mean? One team still wants to make a bowl game, make a statement in regards to recruiting and looking forward and our building, building a program, whereas the other one's worried about, you know, fighting in court cases and not on the field. So, yeah. Their, their biggest win this year is a temporary injunction. It's not going to mm-hmm. last very long, in my opinion. So, <laughs> congrats. Um, all right, let's uh, – or J-Cap, DJ, thoughts on the Buffs and, and Coogies? Yeah, I'll, I'll call it 49-21 Colorado. <laughs> but my, uh, my heart wants Wazoo to win because I don't want to play Wazoo when they're fighting for their last game of the season. I want to play them coming off a win just for my own sake. Oh, I, I feel want... the opposite. I feel like if really? they win, they might be trying to get their sixth win to get a bowl game. They might have something but to I don't go want... for I, I'm I'm with J Cap on this one because it's not the Cougs that have something to play for that scare me. They've right. had things to play it's... for in Apple Cups in the Peterson era, and we run them their asses off the field. It's the, it's Cougars, the Cougars that have, have nothing absolutely nothing but a chance to beat Washington and spo- play party spoiler. I don't want them to go four and zero and then zero and eight or zero and seven into our game. I'd rather them go. That's that's so why they lost that many. Everyone's going to be so good. People were saying that they might, with their schedule after uh, their four zero, like they they had a good chance of making the Pac twelve championship. That went away fast. Was, uh, I I think it'll be I think it's going to be closer than what you guys are saying. But yeah, Colorado still wins. Uh, maybe like ten point game, something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we'll I think this team scored seven night. on Stanford. So, <laughs> Stanford probably actually has a better defense than Colorado, but that's probably. Well, I think Stanford's a great the, team. What are you talking about? <laughs> and the portal opens up in what, um, like two and a half, three weeks? Oh yeah, them them boys is trying to stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> business decisions. Some a lot of business decisions being made. <laughs> you talking oh, about God. God. <laughs> I will say right, that let's... I do enjoy the fact that we get to finish our season on both of the Pac-2 teams. Uh-huh. <laughs> Emphasis on finish. Hey! <laughs> on Bees and Cougs. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, moving on to the first game Saturday morning. Uh, that is the our, our recent opponents, the, the University of Utah Utes, uh, now ranked 22nd, are on the road. <laughs> At Arizona, who is a one-point favorite over under at 44 and a half. Just going to take some time. Give me a second. Oh, <laughs> before, before we get into any score predictions, I want to talk about the fact that there are two ranked matchups in the Pac-12 this weekend. And the fact that this one is on Pac-12 Network is a fucking travesty. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why... So now our resume gets shot to shit because nobody gets to see these two. Nobody gets right. to watch these teams. Yep. That, why, why is that on Pac-12 so... Network? What, I have no so... fucking. Well, you because USC Larry's UCLA. Are you um, surprised, DJ? Don't ask. Why is it? But but meanwhile, <laughs> they gave Oregon and Arizona State the 1 p.m. spot on Fox instead of that's, Utah Arizona. That's Stupid. so dumb. <laughs> it really is. I'd be pissed if I was two fan bases, Utah and Arizona. Arizona yeah. is low key so good. Mm-hmm. They saw it. Oh, you know, but that was a, a, bad, was a win bad win that we had against us, them, right? remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though we dominated the whole game. But anyways. 
If not for a German fumble, man. Oh, but but we haven't won a game by more than 10 points in September. That's really the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, you know, Florida State won a game in September against Boston College by two. Yeah, I got, man, I got, I got, I got Arizona. Um, And I think uh, I'd say like a field goal or. Yep. I just think that they're, they can lean on their running game a little more and they and they're definitely more explosive in the past game um you know whereas utah's running game is just kind of it's, it's really rinky dink right now and that's kind of their bread and butter they kind of relying on um barnes's like conversion down run plays four yards here seven yards there scramble drill for five yards they're kind of relying on those type of uh, runs to actually um make any types of impact so yeah i got arizona um i'll say by um uh I'll say about four. So like a, you know, 28, 24 type of game. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think it's, I think Arizona is more, the more balanced offense. And I think that, I think Utah is the better defense. I think Arizona is much more the better offense and more balanced. And I think that ultimately is the difference in this one um, and the home field. So mm-hmm. even though I it might not work you. to our benefit, because if Utah won, there's a chance that both of these teams would stay ranked, but and if Utah loses, they're going to fall out. But I mean, then uh, Oregon oh, well. has no no top twenty five wins. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and we have that's, Arizona ranked top fifteen. That's a great point. Ooh, I like it, DJ. I like the way you think, my friend. I like <laughs> the way you think. <laughs> uh, all right, J Cap. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm going to go with Hood. Uh, I think Arizona by a narrow margin. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably a field goal, maybe six points. Um, I would go 27-24. This just has a feel of like a really good game. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'm the maybe same with you guys. Soon, but like but I won't be able to watch it because this fucking Pac-12 sucks. I know. Well, that never mind. I was going to promote something, but I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Yo, but for real though, I'm scrolling this ESPN schedule, and they have the tickets available as low as, dude. You can get a ticket to this game for eighteen dollars if you live in Arizona and you don't go to this game for eighteen bucks. Mm-hmm. You're on crack. They're fitting fits less than forty thousand people. That's what crazy. are they doing? Tickets it's, available let for eighteen dollars to go to a ranked matchup in November. Come on, now. in Tucson. In Tucson. I mean, they're, they're playing not, basketball. It's not. It, it's not That's a nice fair. stadium. It really. No. I, it, it it's not. But I mean, hey, a ranked it's, matchup it's, it's, in it's, November. It's yeah. it's a, it seats like fifty two, fifty four. Uh, it, it's, it's fifty thousand. My bad, but, but that's for, still yeah, not a lot. Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Arizona football, I should say. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the battle for the victory bell, um, and that would be Ooh. in turmoil. Uh, University of Chip at Los Angeles, uh, or <laughs> University about, or actually, it's the University about to be chipless Angeles <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, against the uh, uh, the the USC Trojans, uh, who are a six and a half point favorite. Uh, I think Vegas has a has a fair uh, 
amount of faith in the USC offense, even despite UCLA's defense, because the over-under in this one kind of confuses me. It's 65 and a half. Um, I mean, I think that may be a commentary in as bad as UCLA's offense is. So is USC's defense. Um, and as good as UCLA's offense or defense is, UCLA's offense is pretty good. But 65 and a half is an interesting number to on this That's one. That's high. I think, I think this is USC. Um, I do worry about the Murphy brothers and Watu. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb's going to be running for his life, but I, he can do that. See Watu play and not this cry This is inside. the best. This is the bet. If there's anybody that can stop all that running around in circles, as long as they don't run swinging gate like they did last <laughs> week, <laughs> and they couldn't stop it, I'm I'm curious to see how Caleb does in this game. But uh, the what University the of Chipless Athletes six and a half uh, USC USC. Oh, I'm gonna take USC. I um, mean, this is gonna be the last game of Chip Kelly's college football career university of chipless athletes is gonna fire them yeah i'm going to usc too cares less about football (laughs) for real i i don't know if they i mean that 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 six and a half though i feel like that's that's crazy line though i mean i don't think Man, they I'm don't have, have like Cal's offense, so I don't even know how they were thinking sixty-five. But then, oh also yeah, that's the over. That's weird. Yeah, I'm going under, but I don't know. But yeah, UC, USC, I, I think they'll win. What yep. time's that one on? Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. ABC. Oh, nice. That's a blowout. That's an AB. Like, yeah. The, the to go <laughs> to return to the point. Number twenty-two that's Utah at number seventeen game. Yeah. Eleven thirty, Pac twelve, two ranked teams. Uh, twelve thirty, unranked UCLA and SC with UCLA about to fire their head coach. One p.m. on Fox, number six Oregon is a twenty-five and a half point favorite at Arizona State, where it's uh, over under at fifty-four and a half. This is a house. This has been a house of horrors for for the Ducks, and as much as I'd love to see it. It ain't uh-huh. happening. This is the Ducks' big. We can next. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Ducks cover and yeah. Hope they lose. I don't even want to talk about them. Right? There's no too. way. I will no. sing. I will sing like a full verse of "Drops of Jupiter" on the podcast for Kelly Kenny Dillingham next week. Let's go! <laughs> oh man, I'm so here for that. I hope they win just for that now. <laughs> God, that's gonna be so bad. Um, all right, let's move on to the 3.30 p.m. kick on uh, Pac-12 Network, and that is Cal, who is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, going to the farm, going to the library, uh, over under at 55-and-a-half. The big game. Why? <laughs> the big lame. That's what they call it. The big I don't know why they call like That's the most uncreative rivalry nickname of all time. <laughs> you know what's big? This game. Uh, <sighs> I got... <laughs> I got Cal by a lot, bro. I got Cal. Uh, I don't know why I like Cal, and I've liked Cal all year. I definitely like um, Ashton Daniels. Jaden Nod and, and but, Isaiah Fonts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taj, too. You know what I'm saying? Taj there. Uh, yep. So, just a lot of love there. But, uh, yeah, I got I got Cal. I got Cal maybe, uh, maybe even big. I'll say this is going to be a nice little 21-point victory by Cal. 
Tell you what I got. I, I got a nap uh, to at the start of this game before the Husky game starts. <laughs> Cal Stanford. So I got a twenty minute nap. <laughs> yeah, hour nap maybe. <laughs> what, what's more, bo- what's more boring, watching Cal Stanford or non-major golf? <laughs> I'm a big golf guy, but yeah, it's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I like golf too, but yeah. if it's not a major on like on a Saturday, you know, it's the third round of the PBC Championship for <laughs> yeah. New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, 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 oh shit! It's seven o'clock. <laughs> I need to make dinner. I got Cal. Yeah, yeah give me Cal by a bunch. I don't even know. Sure, Cal. I don't care. You said give me a nap. <laughs> Dude, I mean, <laughs> by a bunch. To bring it back to Wazoo Stanford, I mean, Stanford, or Wazoo scored seven on Stanford, and Stanford only scored ten on Wazoo. So give me Cal by like a million. Hey, I, I'm, hey, hey, you know what? I'm going for Stanford. Uh, needs to fit our agenda, right? You know, we, we barely beat Stanford. So go, go Cardinal. Hey, I mean, Cal has the better record, so I mean, we want our strength of record to be better. I don't know. (laughs) They ain't gonna look at either one of these teams and be like, they're better than Boston College. Why why are they playing this week and not the week after? Because Stanford plays Notre Dame the next week. Oh, yeah. UCLA probably plays Cal the next week? Yeah, UCLA plays Cal. Yeah. That sucks that Utah comes off the highest rated game of the week and then they get stuck on the Pac-12 network. Against the rating team. <laughs> I appreciate the ratings. Go ahead and those decision the makers yeah. that chose those those TV spots. Yes, but ESPN knows dead. football, or yeah. the oh, you know that. football, or Fox. Fox is the one that chose the Oregon Arizona State game. Well, well yeah, they, they just want to ride the. They just the want hype, the film the night track, dude. Yep. You can support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod uw slash support. Thanks. Go dogs. All right. Well, and uh, moving into the big one, uh, number five, Washington at number 11, Oregon State, who is a two and a half point favorite over under at 63 and a half. General thoughts about this one. DJ, you want to lead us this up? Take us out. Yeah, that spread is fucked up. We should be favored. And DJ's gone like he's facing the USC defense. <laughs> uh, Left right. in the best way possible. I love that guy. <laughs> Shouts to you, DJ. Um, hey, all was right. Elite. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, that was yeah. so good. J-Cap or Hood, take it away. <laughs> what do you guys think about this one? Um, Go ahead, J-Cap. My, my favorite stat on this game coming in is that out of 133 teams, Oregon State is ranked 132nd as far as tackling by pro football focus. So um, this is a game where Dylan Johnson, I think, is going to go stupid. Um, our O-line just got nominated for the Joe Moore Award. Um, we've seen the holes that they've been opening up for DJ in the past two games um, playing against this Oregon State team. I think that Dylan Johnson, I'm going to – I'm going to put my prediction out there. Dylan Johnson's going over 150, two touchdowns. Um, So I think we need to take advantage of that, that poor, poor tackling by this Oregon State defense. And then on the offensive side, um, somebody brought it up in one of the the group chats that uh, 
some of the guys that Jabbar Muhammad has struggled with defensively uh, have been the bigger receivers. Yep. And these dudes mm-hmm. at Oregon State might be legal midgets. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're going to be uh, – I think Jabbar going to play. Cool, a fat bastard. He's tiny. He's tiny. <laughs> yeah. So Jabbar Muhammad's clamping, clamping somebody, and then we can maybe load up the box to um, to protect against Martinez. Um, so I think – I don't know. I think this is the game that I'm the most nervous about the rest of the way. I'm less nervous about Oregon. But at the same time, I'm looking at each spot individually, and I feel confident about them. So maybe I just don't feel nervous about any games. Um, but – yeah, I think I think there's a clear path to victory here, provided that we play to our potential. Yep, I think it's another game like we talked about last week. With I think it's a, a big game for you know for Eddie, for Zotu, for Carson, for Raylan. Big yeah. game for um, I think Dom is going to spend a fair amount of time coming downhill and being in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another big game where hopefully cam fab is another week healthier and can help and we're tackling is critically important and like they're those guys they do have some guys that are, are shifty and so that you know what we were talking about in terms of tackling from the defensive backs is going to be critically important because um i think it's what silas bolden is you know is is a dangerous you know he's dangerous in the open field let's you know certainly damian martinez is is you know priority one in terms of coming downhill and stopping him and not letting him get going um but yeah, I agree. You know, I think this team kind of plateaued emotionally after the Oregon game. Um, like I've always kind of been saying throughout the season, they came like all these NFL guys came back to play USC, to play Oregon, to play Oregon State, to play those types of teams. Um, and then not only that, so you you don't you don't have to get them up for a game like this. But not only that, but the way you're disrespected by the CFP. You know, I mean, the way you're disrespected with the um, being an underdog in this game as a 10-0 and 0 team with a high. So, uh, and I don't know if you guys heard Jamarcus Shepard's comments. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring that up too. At the end of the day, I think this team is hearing the noise, um, is mature enough to handle the noise, and is going to come out and put a hurting on the Beavers. Um, I think it's going to be a physical game on defense for us. I think on offense, it's going to be a physical game. I think they're going to go out and try to make a point, and it has nothing to do with the teams that are ranked ahead of them. It's going to be to the nation. It's going to be to themselves. So um, when it comes to, like, when we get down to score predictions, you know, I'm I'm still kind of fumbling over some things, but I think this is going to be uh, (laughs) uh, the saying we like to say, this is going to be belt to ass. I think this is definitely going to be – you know, not the the finesse. I mean, we're going to have finesse elements, obviously, because it's a pass-heavy offense. But I definitely this is going to be a physically taxing game for Oregon State. Yep, and I and I think to your point, Jay Cap, I I I agree with you. I think DJ is. I, I mean, I think I I said it in our GC today that DJ against this defense is going to be like Cookie Monster, just eating them up. Om nom 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 nom. Mm-hmm. But DJ's not the only one on this offense that can break tackles. I think you're going to see some yak and some broken tackles from Rome and from JP and from Jibo and from uh, tight. You Jibo's know, the one I'm, I'm 
most yeah. excited about. Jeremy is this game. This could be a. Sure. I don't know if y'all saw it, but that was one of the more physical defenses we played last uh, last week, as well as one of the better tackling ones. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like you know Tybo was ready for that stage. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know you said EJ field, getting but... about. I know, right? You said DJ getting about 150. I mean, I would think that at that point we're having, you know, 200-plus yards rushing, you know, throwing yep. in Will and throwing in Tybo there. Yep. The yep. change of pace I, could be I'd huge. I agree with that. What do you guys think about uh, J-Mac maybe coming back for this game? I wouldn't want it. I Agreed. wouldn't want it either. A lot of people are asking for it, but I don't, I don't think this is the game to bring him back. Maybe yeah, a nice light. break. Maybe pitch count oh, but, in the Apple Cup, and then I want J Mac. If we can get J Mac to eighty percent for any game this, you know, to eighty yep. plus percent for any game this season, I want it for December first. Mm-hmm. I That's agree. My priority. And then you get the a big break. Then you get a big. He was out there, yeah. And then you get a big break going to your next game. So mm-hmm. wherever mm-hmm. it may be, no reason to rush back, man. Yep, and there and if you come back 100 percent or close to it, two and potentially three games, you'll have plenty. Plus, what you did last year, there will be plenty of, the, of tape for that young man if he decides he wants to to test the NFL waters this year. Mm-hmm. You know, this year, I mean, we'd love to obviously. Have no back. Husky fan will say that J Mac. No, don't come back. Just go. We <laughs> we trust me, J Mac. We want you here in this offense because you're a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do what's right for you. Um, and do what's right for your long-term health and your long-term viability as a pro prospect mm-hmm. and player. Um, yeah, I agree. I think there are there's aspects where Oregon State can hurt us, but I think it's one of those things is like, I don't think that they can hurt us enough or to the same extent that we can hurt them. Um, I think this is also a game where uh, I think the pass rush is, you know, like we were talking about where, where DJ doesn't have that level of, this is DJU I'm talking about doesn't have the level of elusivity that, that Bryson Barnes or Caleb Williams has. He can run and he's a big guy and he's hard to bring down because he's six, five and 260 pounds. Um, but somebody of that size is not somebody that I, he doesn't have the ability to, to juke Braylon or ZTF or Voy the same way some of the other quarterbacks have. And so I think that the defense is going to get home and he's going to, He's going to have some some black and blue Sunday for sure. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a huge Braylon game, to be honest. I want to say, too, to uh, Hood's point about this game being a statement to the nation. Um, coming off of this disrespect from the CFB committee, um, Vegas having us as an underdog, to get this opportunity to play at 4.30 on ABC mm-hmm. in front of the entire country mm-hmm. and show everybody, you know, this disrespect that you're giving us and giving FSU four when we should have four, this is the perfect opportunity to prove to the country why we should be in the CFP conversation right now and not waiting until we play Oregon again. Uh, we should mm-hmm. be in the top three and not three. I Come agree. On. I'm I'm with you, hundred percent. Not, not saying top four, up. not four. I'm saying top three and not top three, three and not three. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm with you, but like for it's another ranked ESPN, win, but that would be five wins against ranked te- that teams that were right. ranked were 
or four wins against teams that were ranked that either are ranked or are not. Or, I mean, it, it's it's a weird convoluted mess. And you but... were mentioning one thing you were mentioning too was Braylon. Um, he's going up against you know potentially a first round draft pick as well on that um, um, at, at that at tackle. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but um, he's a dog. If anything, he's one of the you know highest graded or and top ranked tackles in the country. So we're definitely going to see iron sharpening iron on the other side. I'm really looking forward to seeing Braylon accept that challenge. Um, you know, one thing that Schmidt as well as Huff is really good at is analyzing um, the opposition on the other side and, you know, adjusting the game plans based on who's rushing and or who you're blocking. So they, those two on the trenches do come well prepared um, for the specific matchups they face. With that being said, we mentioned Braylon. I want to see somebody on the interior and then on the other side of the defensive line or, or edge make some plays, whether that's ETF, um, whether that's Jacob Lane, because I think he's still – I think that was game two for him. So whether that's Jacob Lane, whether that's Void, whether that's Javon Parker, um, Thule, Ali, Ale, sorry, um, Tui Tele. Um, I definitely want to see some some havoc being wreaked um, on, um, on that defensive line. Um, we typically throughout the season have seen – um, you know, running back duos that either are they their power and elemental speed. Um, this is strictly kind of power. Like even if you look at Arizona's units, Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams are power, but they can definitely break them. Um, I don't necessarily see that in this group. And there's not been a team in 23 games. Well, I guess UCLA, but um, that's just been able to lean on us in the in the run game and win the game and slow the game down in that manner. So I don't think that's a recipe for them. They're going to have to rely on their explosive pass uh, uh, play action. And I just don't see it. I just don't see them being able to get in any rhythm offensively. So, yeah, it's another game like last week where the circumstance, you know, where to your point about it getting out of hand, if you can slow them down a couple of times early and be mm-hmm. and go right down the field and score, making Oregon State chase this game is going to get dangerous in a hurry. Because mm-hmm. DJ will throw well, DJ even more so than any of the quarterbacks that we've played yet this year will throw it to you. <laughs> Trying to do make Agreed. something happen. We talked about it last week. Um, coming into Utah was our offensive tackles versus Jonah Ellis. Um, and now this week we get the exact opposite is our, our edges, um, versus Fuaga. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the matchup that I'm watching most, um, in this game as a whole. Um, but yeah, I think this is a big Braylon game, a big boy game. I called boys my, my player of the game last week. He played well, but I, I want to mm-hmm. get, get that breakout game. Um, want to see a couple sacks or a couple pressures, uh, forcing some, errant throws that could could be picked off like you were talking about hooligan dj would be the guy that's going to throw it up to you um but also to that point we talked about earlier making plays on those those lucky bounces those overthrows those those kinds of things so it takes the whole team front to back to to actually capitalize on those opportunities but i think this is the game where you could could actually create a couple turnovers Uh, so i want to see see some of that Defensive player of the game. I'm gonna go boy again. I'm gonna keep riding with this guy until until uh, he really breaks out. Who you got, Olivia? I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with Braylon, but also Ooh. keep an eye out on on Carson. Ooh, 
That's so my, just my, because. Good. That was just to say, yeah. Just from a from a running game standpoint, and from I don't know, I, I I've just got this feeling that this could be a game where Carson steps in front of one something like where they're trying to to get it to to Damian or to Deshaun in the flat, or and that Carson reads it and or like a nice little RPO play. slant. Mm-hmm. Anthony Brown style. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys got two front seven players. Um, there's going to be a beneficiary of all the, um, all that pressure on the back end. And I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be the corners. I think Vince Nunley, um, is going to have one hell of a game, uh, um, with the tip drills for sure. Um, whether that be big hits and the ball bounces into his arms or whether that be overthrows and the ball bounces in to his arms. Um, I made a point recently where um, when's the last time you've seen a DB have to wait on a ball or a safety have to wait on the ball in the air um, because then they're the overhang safety. We saw it uh, early in the season with Cam Fab. Um, I think that was versus Tulsa um, got over there. Hype was able to hype on a ball. We saw that for the first time again with Vince Nunley um, last week versus Utah. So I definitely think that he's got, you know, the instincts to find himself in positions and, those types of things. So I got Vince on on defense, and maybe throw a um, throw a trench player in there, and Javon Parker. He's he's Ooh, really really like disruptive. Yeah. Um, he has crazy quickness. Um, it's odd. He's the the highest ranked interior defensive lineman on our team. Um, and what's funny is when you go back and kind of just watch it, um, he doesn't necessarily get the sacks or maybe even like the hurries or the pressures, but he beats a lot. He's like he kind of like Tuli in that regard. He beats a lot of people immediately off the ball. Um, so. Um, forces a lot of rollouts and you know a lot of hurry throws. <clears throat> my my second pick as far as defensive breakout because you said some trench player defensive back player. Um, I think somebody that could benefit from uh, all that pressure also uh, getting those throws in the middle and those tip drills. Mish Powell um, is going to be my 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 secondary. Uh, Defensive breakout player because I mean that screen game. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. that. We're gonna play a lot of this this screen game, this RPO game, uh, slants over the middle, checkdowns to to Martinez type of situation. I think we could see Mish Powell make some big plays, whether it be interceptions or or uh, hits on players trying to catch the ball type of situation, uh, causing incompletions. <clears throat> uh, so I think uh, Mish Mish could have a big game here too. Offense, real quick. I'm gonna go Jeremy. Well, Ooh, I, yes, I called DJ. I called DJ. So <laughs> let, let me go with DJ. Oh. But but like Jeremy one. and DJ are my two. I called Jer- I called DJ's 152 touchdowns. I'm gonna stick by that. But um, I think this is a big Jeremy game. I do think Rome is gonna have a very big game. Mm-hmm. I think I think I could see Mike. I, I could see this being a four Bills game for Mike. Um, but I think the other than kind of the usual suspects of, you know, Roman JP, um, I got a little inkling that I think we're going to see three or four, maybe from Cuevas this week. And it's going to be, I'm like that. And I think he's going to, I mean, like the dude can run and Mm -hmm. he's going to be one-on-one with a linebacker and that linebacker's going to be a, well, Shit, there he goes. All the tight ends are like super athletic. Yep. I think this could be a big tight end game in general. Um, 
I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna be. I'm a boring man. I'm gonna pick uh, two people actually. I'm gonna pick Mike. You know, I think Mike is. You know, since the Arizona State game, I've kind of been on record. I feel like he's been seeing ghosts a little bit. Um, you know, when there's any type of immediate interior pressure, or he even thinks there's some interior pressure coming, he kind of his footwork gets a little messy, and he, and he tends to throw off platform. Um, his mechanics kind of get all over the place, and you have seen a little bit of the chuck and duck. So um, versus Utah, and if you watch some of those, um, other than the Rome in the back right, a lot of those were, a lot of those were Chuck and Doug, you know, like J- Jalen up there somewhere, uh, Rome up there somewhere, um, and then the other person I'll say is uh, Troy Faltano. Um, he has had not just good games um, in the past and run game in the past three four weeks. He's had elite games um, where he is setting the tone on the offensive line emotionally and physically. So I definitely got Troy in that. Yeah, yep. Troy's playing himself into the top twenty, I think, with these last three games. Dude, yeah, I've seen Mox take him from you know back of the second to mid second to late first at this point. I've seen one that was top twenty for sure too. Yeah, yeah, I think he's. I will also. Uh, I think on some of the big boards, he's been a top twenty five player. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's he's working his way up there. He's gonna be. I will say one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say well, one other throw that wasn't completely Chuck and Duck that was just windowed perfectly was the other one to Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, off, off platform for sure and on the move, but whew, what a throw that was. And yep. on that note about Troy, another one who's going to have a huge point in getting part in getting just the offense rolling, both with DJ running for a buck 50 mm-hmm. and Mike going through a 400. Mm-hmm. Freshman All-American, Which, first team yeah. all-conference, Parker Brailsford, Mike yeah. Down. Bro, yeah, you see me kind of start the propaganda. Like, at the end of the day, I still got a lot. You guys already know. I got a lot of respect for JPJ. At the end of the day, I I do feel like he's, you know, one of the top two centers in the country. But in regards to production, you know, we just saw DJ has, what, over 700 yards rushing now. So it's it's in the conversation where he he can definitely, you know, be like, hey, this is my running game speaking for me. So. Well, that'd be funny. If if DJ goes for a buck fifty this week, he's going over a thousand next week. Oh yeah, he is two ten away from from a thousand yard season. They gonna give it to him. He's he's got at at minimum three games left, four games left. So they gonna give it to him. He's gonna get the ball a lot, and he's gonna get his shot at at a thousand. Because Lee Marks and that offense is definitely gonna try to appeal to to running backs for sure. If they're going to step up their running back recruiting, they're definitely going to have to, you know, be able to be like, "Hey, we got two one K receivers, and we got a running back." So you're going to be an explosive in an explosive offense where you're going to see a lot of one on ones with linebackers or receivers. You're going to see a lot of one on ones within coverage. So mm-hmm. or one on nuns where there's no one around <laughs> you and you just get to run. And if you want to juke somebody that's trying to chase you from 15 yards away, have fun with that one. What was the what was DJ versus USC? 199 yards before contact. Yeah, <laughs> oh, stupid dude. One on none. Embarrassing. Like, I mean, like, look at the. I mean, like, when did he? For I, I mean, it was what basically the the tackle on that 50 yard run out of the end zone was the mm-hmm. only time he got touched. Touched. Yep. That's wild. Just. Whew. Give it to me. And then that 50 yarder that he had on the pitch from the end zone, he didn't get touched until he got shoved out of bounds after seven yards. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah, that's what... the, the one to the end zone. Yeah. 
It's so disrespectful. Or, oh, the one to the end zone. Yeah, the one. I was from, talking about the one when from he caught the, the pitch end. in the end zone and ran to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, all right. Score predictions. I'll let y'all go ahead. Or you want me to go? I can go first. Look, so. Go for it. Early in the year, once we saw, like, how we performed against Boise State, I think that caught us off guard in just in regards to the score. You know what I mean? It caught us off guard. We had a, we have a lot of respect up here in the PNW for Boise State. Um, and we kind of go on this run where we all start predicting 60 this and 50 that and 60. And then the Arizona State happens and we're like, okay, let's try start 34 and 38 and 35s. And I think, you know, the motivation is going to take us back to early in the season. And um, I'm not going to say a 50 burger, but I'm definitely going to say a pretty sizable margin. Um, I got 45 to 26. So we kind of on the same wavelength. <clears throat> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go four. Mm-hmm. I'm on a very similar wavelength, uh, and I'm gonna go 48 27. Come on, there we go. So there that we means go. we're getting 50 because three, we three possessions each. I think it's three possessions, bro. I think it's three possessions if. The main thing to monitor is definitely going to be how fast they start, bro. Like, if they start in the first two possessions, it's 14 points and it's 14 to three. Oh, yeah, game's over. Yep. Game's over. Provided we don't, like, the the big thing that keeps or that gets Oregon State back in the game or keeps them in it is if, if you see some busts from Damian and Deshaun. Which... Good luck with that. <laughs> the the main thing I'm watching in this game is is we've talked about it before already, but Braylon and Boy and ZTF <laughs> and these edges, if they're able to disrupt DJ, there's going to be extra possessions for Come on. offense. So if not scores for defense, either way, we're either scoring, we're getting the ball back, we're holding them to three, a three and out, I should say and getting the ball back. Even there's extra possessions for our offense. Um, if Braylon, Voy, ZTF, Jacob Lane, these boys play Lance Holtzclaw, uh, mm-hmm. play to, to the potential that they, they have and <clears throat> get those pressures that we expect out of this game. Um, that's, that's the matchup that I'm watching primarily is our edges versus their tackles. It's I mean, and it's, it's going to be loud down there, but it, mm-hmm. you get you get out to a lead early, it's going to get quiet in a hurry. It's going to get real quiet. It's going to go from 50,000 to 10,000 at halftime. Is this Oregon mm-hmm. State's first like primetime national game this season? This I think so. I, this I year. Think so. I, like, I, I mean, can't like remember it, if when they played Wazoo, was that a national that was game? in or? Pullman. Uh, and this true. is the first, this is the first time this has also been a top ten matchup too. Well, they were close to it, yeah. No, I, I thought there were ten and some. My bad. In, in AP, they're ten. In CFP rankings, they're eleven. So I mean, for in I guess AP, this is the first time that it's been. This has been a top ten, just like the Oregon matchup too. So welcome to national. Can we, can we get credit for it? Sorry, Arizona or Oregon State, you're getting fucked. We gonna get credit for it or what? Is we gonna get credit for it or what? Pac-12 rankings going we'll up because Washington and Oregon are both good. You're welcome. Mm-hmm, yeah. All other 10 schools. Thank you. All right. Any final thoughts? 
No, man. Beat the beeves, man. Beat it up. Pound those beavers. Come on. All right. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.